is Panama Today. This is your host, Pastor Bill Wilbur, here in Gamboa. Music and inspiration to help you live for Jesus. Years ago, when I first started this radio program, I was at the prison one day, and one of the guys said to me, what's it mean you're the host? Kind of laughed a little bit. You're the host? Because he was thinking maybe like I was running a dining room or someplace, like a, a hotel or something. And I said, well, I'm just the one that navigates through this program of music and inspiration to help you live for Jesus. I'm the host. Before we totally get out of here into this program today, out of the thinking here about the host, I want to let you know I never intended, as the years went by when I was younger and when I became a pastor here and so on, I never thought I'm going to be part of the radio situation here in Panama. And what a joy when they moved me to a place and somebody said, hey, would you do a program in English, right here, locally in Panama. And a couple people recommended that I do that and asked me. And so that's been since 1996. So you can add that together and see how many years that's been. I want to just remind you or help you remind yourself about what happens when you just receive Christ. And I, I talked a little bit about it on the previous program, but I'm just going to list them. I'm just going to list them because I know some of you uh, have memorized it already or in the midst of this. Okay, number one, Christ came into your life. That's the first one. Number two, your sins were forgiven. The devil will do whatever he can to get you to think that that is not true. He'll try to remind you of something years ago or something last week or something an hour ago, and uh, that you are, cannot be forgiven. Well, your sins are forgiven. Number three, you became a child of God. You're a child of God. You're special. This is your identity. Number four, you received eternal life. Now, here in this earth, you received eternal life. And when you die, you're just going through one door into another side. And there you are, face-to-face -face with Jesus and a lot of your friends who have been sitting there waiting for you. In number five, you began the great adventure for which God created you. Did you know you are in the midst of a great adventure even today? So we pray that right now, Heavenly Father, that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you'll take people who've been a Christian for a long time, and they've forgotten who they are in Christ. And Father, I just want to pray for those who are thinking, thinking about what is life all about, that they will come and say, whoa, today's the day I'm going to receive Christ in my life. Amen. You can go to the web, whoami.com. Check out who you are. Whoami.com. I, I didn't do this. Uh, this has been in the news. It's been in television. And it's very appropriate as so many people are trying to figure out what on earth is going on here in this world and how do they fit in. 
One day, a stranger gave Thomas Bach a gospel tract, but Thomas became angry. He ripped the tract apart, stuffing it in his pocket. Once home, Thomas pieced the scraps together and read that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He wrote later, before I finished reading, I was on my knees asking God to forgive my sins. He was faithful, bringing me into his family right then and there. Thomas Bach gave his life to the Lord, eventually serving as the general director of the Evangelical Alliance Mission, bringing to the world the same gospel he encountered that day through a faithful man and a gospel tract. To learn how you can effectively share God's Word through gospel tracts, why not give the American Tract Society a call? The number is 1-800-704-7672. The American Tract Society, sharing the gospel one tract at a time. That is so encouraging, so encouraging. You might say, well, I heard that one before. Good. Um, have you done anything about it? Handing out tracks, giving it, who knows? You may be handing it out to a, a future Billy Graham or someone like that. Somebody else did that once down in Argentina, and guess who they ended up giving it to? Luis Palau. <laughs> the, the whole family came to know the Lord. Luis Palau did because of a track because of a tract. Well, had a previous broadcast. I've had my wife here, and we've been sharing some great testimonies of Touch of Christ, uh, reaching Muslims for Christ. And so we have another one here. And um, always these are challenging, but it should also be a thing to maintain uh, us in a deeper way of praying for the lost and especially the Muslim world. Do you know there's like about 2 billion people who are Muslims. This is heavy. This is heavy. So here's my wife, Ann, to go ahead with this. This is a testimony from a man named Abazar, a minister graduating in 2020 from an Islamic seminary. I was leaving the mosque after Friday prayer for the next four days in a row I was scheduled to speak in the mosque. That day I went to get in my car when I saw that there was something on my windshield, a tiny booklet. I took it and glanced at it. It was something about Christianity. I wanted to throw it out, but I saw the name of Jesus Christ on it and thought it was not right to throw out the name of the prophet. So I just left it in the car. The next day, I saw another booklet on my windshield. I knew there was someone leaving these booklets on my windshield, but when I looked around, I couldn't see anyone. On the fourth day, the same thing happened, but there was a prayer attached to the track. Jesus will meet with you, and you will know that he is the true God. I must say that five years ago, when I was in the hospital, a Christian prayed for me, and I got healed. But I never understood whether it was really Jesus or Allah who healed me, even though I knew that Allah is not a healer. When I went home after finding the track that day, I had a headache. I laid down, and I felt someone touch my feet. Looking up, I saw a man shining like light. I heard a very loud voice in my dorm room at the Islamic Center. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I knew it was Jesus Christ, and I couldn't deny what I had just heard. 
I rushed to my car and got the booklets to read. I read two of them, and then I sat in the corner of my dorm and asked God what was going on. I was filled with peace and happiness. I am usually not a very joyful person, but I wanted to find out about the Bible verse. I had heard Jesus speak to me. The day after, I went straight to the library looking for a Bible. I knew I couldn't find one there, yet I very quietly asked the librarian so no one could hear me, Do you think there is a Bible among the books in the library? The guy said, Do you want to read it? Of course, what am I going to do with it if not read it, I said. Why are you looking for a Bible, the guy asked. I had tears in my eyes. I don't know why. Why are you asking this question, I said. You can't find a Bible in the books here. The Bible is an illegal book, he replied, but I can't give you one. Surprised, I stood there staring at him. That afternoon, the librarian invited me to his apartment, and I got the Bible. He also showed me the Life of Jesus DVD. Jesus had chosen me. That afternoon, I gave my heart to him. I am still wearing the Islamic clothing, but I am glad that next month I am graduating from Islamic seminary. I will be baptized in May, and I'm already working in the army of Jesus through the Touch of Christ ministry, even though I am in the seminary. I can't just drop out. It would be very suspicious. Now I have told four of my close friends about Jesus and have arranged a meeting with two of the Touch of Christ leaders to talk about Jesus and his lordship. This is a revolution for my life, since I am the only one in my family, perhaps in my generation, to reject Allah and Sharia law. A powerful testimony. And it's interesting that librarian had to also be available, Lord. Have bring the Bibles, and it took a risk. It took a risk. I've said, "Well, come on to my house. I have a Bible, you know." And so, what happens if this guy tells somebody back at his family or one of his other students and say, "Hey, you want to get a Bible?" No, I don't. By the way, where's the person giving these things out? You know, I mean, there's all kinds of risks involved, and the timing of the Holy Spirit. And uh, this is overwhelming. It's just overwhelming. And so when we pray like this as a group right here on this program, when we get to heaven, we'll find out about how Panama today, well, it's not us, but it's the people who were listening at this time. And then we do this praying for the persecuted church and the Muslim world. And uh, we're going to see people coming to Jesus who are aware that there were people in Panama praying. So before we do anything more, we're going to pray for the persecuted church and mainly the Muslim world. So, Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for that librarian. Wherever he is, whatever he's doing, we pray you keep him safe. Keep people safe from Touch of Christ Ministries. And we pray for those who are coming to know the Lord. And uh, it's risky. It's risky. And we pray over the women and the children, especially, that they're able to escape. And we pray, Father, for those in the Islamic police. We pray that multitudes of them 
will have signs and wonders and be giving their lives to the road of the Lord. And we pray for those who are the mullahs, those who are the people in leadership uh, in Iran and in other places here in the Middle East especially. We pray right here in Panama for the many people who are free in this country, free to hear about the gospel and free to respond in Jesus' name. What an exciting time. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I want to tell you of an experience that happened with me uh, not even 24 hours ago. So uh, whenever this program might get relayed out and uh, some other time, um, not only for this time right here in May, but for perhaps another time of the year or another year even. I want to let you know this is May. This is May 2020, and we're in the middle of the virus time, and uh, people are in lockdown here uh, in Panama and here in Gamboa. And we are able to, through the radio broadcast, being able to get these out. So we thank the Lord. A lot of it's done out of, uh, of houses as the um, programs have been made and put in uh, back to the radio uh, stations and get it going. So I just want to let you know that also uh, that I uh, was born in 1941. I'm now 78 years old. And I went to school uh, with about... Uh, when we graduated, I should say, with about 45 people in a little town in upstate New York. And when I did, I was good friends with most of them. I don't think I had really enemies, but there were some people that always uh, were more of a group that you hung out with. And in these uh, people I had, I had was on the basketball team, but I had other guys that we played a lot of extra time. And I had uh, six that we'd get together on Friday night, and the custodians at the school would come and open the door along about 7 o'clock at night when they're doing a Friday night cleanup, and they'd let us use the gymnasium because they said, we'd rather have you guys there than running around and doing something. So the six of us uh, were pretty regular on doing those. Well, I just realized yesterday, out of the six of them, four of them have died over the years. And I realized, wait, there's just me and my other buddy, Philly. And he lived near me, and he'd always come over and we'd play basketball right in the driveway. But we also would get into that school. And um, so after high school, like many things, he went in the Air Force, I went uh, to school in the Navy. I just pretty much uh, did not see or hear of him for all these years. All these years. It's over 60 years. Whoa. I met him a couple times in between, and we also would talk on the phone once in a while, but I haven't talked with him, oh, in at least over 10 or 15 years. But as we've been seeing more and more of people of our classmates who are dying and uh, like these basketball guys, you know, four out of the six are gone. And I say, whoa, where is Philly? What is happening? And so I felt I should call him yesterday. He's up in California. And uh, he's really got physical problems. I won't go into all those. 
But he made the statement. He said, Billy, um, do, you still, do you still use the Bible? Do you still teach the Bible? Because he was surprised that he retired maybe, maybe 20 years ago and I'm still here. And I talked to him a little bit more about what the Lord was doing. And as I was getting ready to hang up the phone, I just thought, Philly, um, um, I'd be glad to pray with you. What would you like me to, how, what do you want me to pray about? And he says, well, just pray anything that you want me to pray. So I started to talk and then I said, hey, do you know for sure if you were to die that you go home to be with Christ in heaven? Uh, no, uh, not really for sure. How would you like to know? And you know what he said? He said, uh, maybe later. I'm not sure. I said, what do you mean later? And he was thinking with his mentality that if he was giving his life to the Lord, that he was going to die quickly. <laughs> he says, I want to live longer. And I said, well, no, no, no. This, this is so you can know Christ now and you know Jesus right on when you die and you go on to heaven. Oh, okay. And I said, well, I'm going to pray. And as I pray, you pray quietly behind me. Well, I know his wife was listening someplace. And uh, I didn't want to, um, you know, embarrass him or have him not pray because of her being by. So anyway, we prayed. He followed me. And when I was done, I said to him, Philly, what's happened to all your sins? He was quiet for a minute. And he says, I've been forgiven. It's gone. And we talked about a little bit like having uh, being erased on a blackboard, just gone. And then I asked him, if you were to die, then where would you go? He said, well, I'd go to heaven, I hope. I said, wait a minute. Let's go back on one of these verses here in 1 John 5, 13. These things I write to you so that you may know that you have eternal life. This is not guessing, Philly. This is knowing the truth, and the truth will set you free. So we talked a little bit more, and I said, I'm going to send these uh, to you and your wife, uh, some verses that will help you. And uh, he ended up by saying, after an hour talk, uh, he says, Willie, thank you so much for spending the time with me. I really appreciate it. And by the time I hung up, I was crying and I had to hang up because uh, it was hard to talk. But I want to let you know that Philly has gone on uh, to know the Lord so that when the day he goes and I get some kind of obituary uh, announcement, I'm not going to worry about Philly. But we're going to follow through on the phone and we're going to see what God's going to continue to do in his life. So we need to keep praying for people. We need to be alert to what God is going to do next and give out these tracks. You never know what God's going to do.